I'm Karina Celine. And I'm Adam Eddie. And this is We're, We're Just, Just Here to Help. Uh, you know how those weeks were like they age you like 50 years? Yeah. You know, like the one where they were separating children at the border? Yeah. Like one of those. And then tear gassing them? Yeah. I mean, that was later. That was earlier this week. Yeah. Not even this week. It was Thanksgiving. Anyway, the grand American tradition is tear gassing brown people on Thanksgiving. Uh, but this week is one of those that like slowly peels away some of the layers that you've aged, you know? Yeah, this is uh, this is sort of like a spa day. A pumice stone for your... Soul. Your soul. <laughs> pumice stone for the soul. Powered by the like, schadenfreude. That's going to be the name of our book. A pumice stone, stone for, for the, the soul. soul. It's about like organizing your spiritual life. Yeah, it hurts, but it's good. And your skin will be smooth after. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, that gross dead skin that's been... It was holding me back. my body, yeah. Yeah, um, so we're going to talk today about Manafort, or Manafort, excuse me. Yeah, I was surprised you called him <laughs> Manafort. By his God-given name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not his Karina-given name. Karina-given name. <laughs> Manafort. Uh, Michael Cohen, the death of George H.W. Bush, and then our favorite segment, Irresponsible Speculation. One day we'll harmonize it and then it'll be the end of the segment. Yeah, I think it's the last note that's like it's, oh. it's becoming a bit. Yeah. The fact that we can't pull it together. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so Paul Manafort is stupid, I guess. Oh my god. He messed up his plea agreement. If you learn listen to earlier episodes, Karina and I have one very solid opinion. And that is don't lie to the FBI. You know, don't don't do it. It's very tempting. You're like, you're like, listen, I was part of this international crime syndicate, and there's no way that the FBI knows these details because the people that knew these things are dead, perhaps by my own hand, you know? Right. And they come to your door and they knock, and then so you, you lie to them because there's no way that they would know. But they know it because you know what? The FBI only asks questions it already knows the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You're just there to add icing to cake. Right. Like, you, you you, do not make the devil's food cake. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. You're there's, simply the creamy icing on top of it. There's so much speculation about this. Yeah. Tell, tell me what your, your speculation so is. Yeah. One of the things that I've read and heard and talked about is that Mueller has timed this so that it comes after Trump delivers his answers. Let's, let's give background. Okay. So the, the the Mueller team gave Donald Trump a bunch of questions to answer. Like a take-home test. A take-home test that was just like, hey, we know that there's no goddamn way that you can do an in-person interview. Without perjuring yourself. Without perjuring yourself because you're incompetent and a liar. Because you're a, what do I call, a barely sentient candy corn of an enema. Oh, wow. That's the, that's the exact one. I But you know what? I'm going to be honest. I really like when you... Improvise like a new a insult. New, uh, yeah, yeah. that one's so good. It's really good. It's really good. I'd say like almost un- unbeatable, but I, I really think you should push yourself. I'll try myself. Um, <laughs> slowly degrading sack of Halloween leaves. Oh, wow. Ooh, good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. With eye good. holes cut in it. <laughs> Keep telling. So, so, so Mueller was sent uh, baby Trump home with a take home test. 
where he his parents, aka his lawyers, his could lawyers, fill out the answers. Yeah, and like and he made a big show of like I answered it all myself and I did it all myself and it was very quick. I am capable, I am capable of writing the English language. <laughs> Which at this point That was like, a better impression on my part. I'm working on it. It's very fun. It's the best. <laughs> it's a fun thing to do for hours on end. You can talk like this and life becomes very simple. Black and white, gray, and more gray. Mm. Okay. I passed gas and he didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay. So he got this take-home question and, and Trump had this like big thing where he essentially was like, I did it by myself and it wasn't even a big deal because, you know, I know what's going no on. No collusion. No collusion. Which, at this point, anytime Trump says one thing, like, especially if it's about how great he is, I have a, an immediate reaction, which is like, oh, no. <laughs> but that's fine. He got his lawyers to look at it and blah, blah, blah. And he sent those answers in. And at the same time, we find out about this meeting between Assange and Manafort. Julian Assange of WikiLeaks. Of WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. They met up in Ecuadorian embassy to coordinate a release, to like figure out a game plan or a strategy. So a lot of speculation is that Mueller waited until all of this was released to be able to essentially draft what was a three-page and from one online account was just like, it was so short and concise that it must have been written months ago looking for a very specific niche situation. Like, it's not like a... The Mueller released the... Yeah. What did he release? What was was it called? It essentially was like, we have caught Manafort in a lie. Right. His plea agreement is no longer valid. Mm -hmm. And we would like to move forward with sentencing sentencing him immediately. Right. So, the Manafort got a plea agreement that would perhaps not keep him in prison for the rest of his life. Right. Right. And then he, Mueller, discovered that Paul Manafort was lying. And so now that plea agreement is null and void. So the sentencing would put Manafort in prison for the rest of his life unless he's hanging out for a presidential pardon. Right. The suggestion is that, to, to our point about the FBI, is that Mueller knew about this from the very, very start and has been waiting so that there is ambiguity as to whether or not this is a document that was released because of an answer Trump gave, because of a discovery, because of the Assange and um, Manafort meetup. And what's interesting actually about that Assange-Manafort meetup is that the source, they think that Mueller didn't have access to that source previously because it was, I think, a Guardian article yeah. that like described the meeting and they describe what Manafort is wearing. So they think it's actually from inside the Ecuadorian embassy. Is that source? I just thought it was interesting fact. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. So Manafort is going, going to be going away for a long time, unless he gets pardoned and then he scarpers to Cyprus or something where he has all of his money hidden because they they took forty million dollars worth of cash and properties from him, and he let it go a little lightly, so it makes us think that he has money hidden somewhere. Yeah. If he gets pardoned, he gets released from prison, and he could defect unless the state of New York files charges, which is likely right preemptively soon and then he'll never be released yeah i think that if you're trump you're in a really tough place if you pardon the guy and and i'm gonna i'm, I'm going to try to prove that manafort has no pardon coming his way and i'm gonna do it by saying the most selfish 
move that Trump can do is to not give Manafort a pardon. Now, the reason for that is the scenario you just outlined. Manafort is a criminal. And not only that, but a treasonous criminal. So it's not like forgiving someone who like, you know, has been in prison for for drug use or was like a political prisoner of some variety or like a clemency type thing. Yeah, clemency type thing or like laws and times have changed and we were going to give this pardon to the someone who like was on the wrong side of yeah. the the timeline of some law. And if he was to defect, I think that would straight up ruin again like I know that the Republican Party is disintegrating slowly, but I think that that would be like what is the one thing the Republican Party is able to do always? We're the party of America. We're the party of true patriots and blah, 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 Not blah. anymore. Really not anymore. But I think that that would be like the most emblematic, most horrifying spectacle. So if you're Trump, you don't stick your neck out for anybody. You don't stick your neck out for this guy. I don't know. I'm going to put a pin in that because I want to talk about an irresponsible speculation because I have a incredibly irresponsible speculation I want to make. Sure. Uh, but we're going to save that for the end sure, segment. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 what makes me, because again, we talk about it, we don't lie to the FBI. Why was Manafort lying to the FBI? You know, and continuing to lie. And it makes me think maybe he's scared of being killed in prison. Because like the long arm of the KGB, I'm sorry, FSB, uh, can reach you wherever you are in the world. Yeah, and it's a strange thing. My guess is I don't think that this guy really cares about living or dying anymore. Really? I think he cares about his own skin. I don't know like what he thought he was going to save himself from by withholding a, a piece of information. I think I think if you're Manafort... Fart. Manafort. Uh, <laughs> if you're Manafort... You probably should have known everything was fucked. Unless you're profoundly stupid. I don't think anyone who was a part of that campaign who even had an inkling of what was happening could possibly be deluded into thinking that they were going to get away with what they were going to get away with. I think that Manafort has been getting away with stuff for so long because we never prosecute this type of white collar crime because we spent so much money on anti-terrorism actually is what happened. Um that he he thought he was beyond the law. And I think he's still... It's really hard for me to say because he's a complete... I think he's a sociopath. I mean, yeah. Next level sociopath? Yeah. I mean, like, so if I was Manafort and I was interested in my own survival, I would throw Trump under the bus, which this is sort of irresponsible speculation. But the Manafort plea agreement was written in such a way that there's no gag order on him. So he was talking to Trump's lawyers this whole time. What do you think that was? I think that they allowed that because they knew this was going to happen and so they're gonna have manafort give the answers to trump right and so trump thought he could lie about the answers pertaining to manafort because he knew what manafort said to Mueller. oh wow you know so then they could so they just like pincered him oh wow that would be absolutely incredible because uh i think gates and, and I, papadopoulos had gag gag requirements again so that scenario we were talking about earlier feeds that story, which is that Mueller was like, I will wait and then introduce a lot of ambiguity as to where I got these answers from. Because I think a bunch of people who think that they have their story straight, you know, whether they're communicating through WhatsApp on their iPad to their, you know. Um, use Signal, guys. Use Signal. Use, use, use a burner phone. <laughs> use anything else. Or just don't lie to the FBI. Well, if we're beyond that point. Yeah, right. But I think... <laughs> 
I think that that feeds this this idea that Mueller kind of knew that if he waited for the right time, what he needed to do was essentially get all of them to feel very confident about their story, right? Like every gaggle of people who like sit around and are like, all right, we got our story straight, right? They sit down and they think that it's ironclad. And I think that stoking that confidence was a big part of the last like year. Well, it's also... um like, if you've ever watched anything happen in Washington that has to do with people being in legal trouble, is that the president and the people around him are seriously underlawyered. Oh, yeah. And they are represented by stupid lawyers. It's like it, arrested development. It is. I, like, I am the worst attorney. <laughs> Which is, is totally true. Like, none of like the like high-level law firms would take Trump as a client no they were all like no right so you have like the q level (laughs) q level lawyers who like can barely rub two pennies together is that a test of intelligence (laughs) just having the physical dexterity to do that the sound is making (laughs) um yeah yeah i like like it's and well that's gonna lead us into cohen actually if we could there's well, there's one other thing. Yeah, I'd make kind your of, Manafort point, and then we'll. Well, I, this isn't a Manafort point so much as like there was this piece just after Trump got elected that stuck with me for a very long time. And there's something from ele- the election night that I will never, ever, ever, ever forget because it was so surreal. But after Trump was declared the winner, they had this shot, and Trump looked exhausted and sad. He did not look like a guy who just became president of the United States. He looked like a guy who was like, didn't think that it was going to happen. No, he had the, I've made a huge mistake face. Yeah. And it's, uh, look it up. It's an, it's an eerie photo because usually presidents win and they make sure it's like a very, like, they have a podium ready and they have their Christmas shirt on and they do the thing. That's when the president is usually like a normal human yeah. but, person with... But even brain for, cells that function. But even for Trump, right? Trump is like the master of like putting on a show and everything is like put together with glue and it's all a facade, <laughs> right? Like that's Trump. They didn't even use glue. They used like the chairs fudge. are made of like fudge. Everything is made out of fudge. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's all melting, you know. <laughs> they have a bunch of ACs just pointed yeah, at the, the thing. The fudge, yeah, keeping the fudge hard. You know, Don Jr.'s eating it right. and like, trying to bat him away. I think Eric would be eating it. Don is like licking it. Anyway. Yeah. For whatever reason, I imagine Don Jr. is always like a cat chasing his own tail. Yeah. And then you're like, it's food time. And he goes, huh? huh? And then he chase, He goes back to chasing his own tail. He's like, but once I have this tail, I'm going to eat this a lot. lot of it. <laughs> uh, so th- there is this, there is this idea and I think it, I return to it a lot, which is, Trump never thought he was going to win. And recently, in an interview, they were talking to him about, like, you know, meeting up about, and this leads us kind of into the Cohen thing, Mm -hmm. right? Business dealings and, you know, how morally okay are they and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, look, I was a business guy before I showed up as president, right? And his defense is, I became president, and that's where I started putting America first. But, you know, like, I'm a business guy. And I think really and truly... The game plan was, I'm never going to win. So none of this stuff is real corruption because I won't be able to make good on any part of the deal that I'm going to make. 
These guys all think that they're currying influence with me, but all that's going to happen is I'm going to get another Trump Tower in Moscow. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get these political favors and this much cash come in. And the Trump brand, when I sell my hotels and gadgets and steaks and, you know, planes and whatever the hell else it is, that all gets the name recognition of like this kooky guy who got the Republican nomination and lost the 2016 election. And I think if you think about this stuff from that mind frame, it's just a guy who goes like, oh, no. I made a lot of promises I, I didn't want to deliver on. Well, honestly, like, and this does lead us into Cohen, is like Trump, now we know with even more evidence, thought that I think he his collusion was that he was going to run for president and in exchange damage Hillary and get a Trump Tower in Moscow. Yeah. Right? That's what he thought his end of the deal was. But in reality, the end of the deal was the presidency and the lifting of sanctions. Yeah. And that's what Putin thought he was getting. Putin knew what he was getting, right? Yeah. And... And, like, you know, worst case, like, he just messes up Hillary, right? And then I never actually have to build this guy a tower. Because what's he going to do about it? Right. And, and now here we are. <laughs> and, and here we are at the G20 summit where Mohammed bin Salman and Putin give each other the most hardcore... Of, Extravagant ass handshake. A guy... A Putin I didn't think smiled in public. Yeah. Is smiling and giggling and happy. A treatment he never gave Trump, by the way. No. And treat, treatment that... One of my favorite photos, by the way, is a photo of Obama just deadpan staring at That's Vladimir that, Putin. That, that photo is when he's telling him not to mess with the elections. Oh, man. Putin was scared of Obama. Yeah, of course he was. He's scared of Hillary, too. O- o- Obama is like the white knight you can't like... Like, if if Obama during the presidency was like, look, uh, we got to go after Putin. We got to take him down a notch. Every other country on the planet would be on board with that. Yeah. Uh, Trump, on the other hand... I'm sorry. I just had a moment where, like, my brain had a wave come over it where it remembered what it was like to have Obama as president. And it was like a state of deep relaxation. And then my other part of my brain just rejected it and spit it out. Because yeah. <laughs> it's too painful of a memory. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of fun when you have a Stop it. competent, <laughs> competent um, president. I'm moving us to Cohen. We can move forward. But uh, you're stuck here, Karina, with me. Okay. I'm not stuck The with real you. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So speaking, that's a, that's a nightmare. If if you have a dream and what if, like, Obama's president again, but he takes off his, his mask, no, he he like his, you. his skin like bursts open. <laughs> it's Trump, and he like hatches from an Obama egg. We're not getting fired up. We're getting fired. I hate you. <laughs> um, speaking of having the worst effing lawyers, Michael Cohen, Trump's fixer for decades and sort of attorney. He's like as much like. If, like, a check cashing place is a bank, then Michael Cohen is an attorney. This is, I mean, look, I'm going to be a total monster for a little, for, for a while, for a, long, for a big section of my life. I wanted to be, I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to be an attorney. And uh, I studied the LSAT and I was terrible at the LSAT. Like, just to be super honest. LSAT is like the SAT that you take to get into law school. Right. Yeah. It's the entrance exam. It has a bunch of unique questions and I've... Like, you kind of have to if learn how to take If there are 12 butts and 10 of them can be licked, how many butts are you legally allowed to lick? 
I'm stuck on why you picked butts. <laughs> and the answer is zero butts don't lick anyone's butt. It's illegal. So in any case, <laughs> <laughs> Karina wants some lick, lick some butts, oh, guys. Licking butts. Licking, getting in there, getting the, getting in the old. No, I just want the cheek. Get, you want the cheek? Not okay. the hole. Not the hole. If I had said butthole, we would have been clear. Just butts. Who licks a butt? What? Do people lick butts? Yes. Oh, man. All right. So, you took the LSAT. I took the LSAT, and I was very obsessed with getting a really high score. So I would, I would like, look at the rankings and, like, mm-hmm. what I needed GPA-wise and, and LSAT-wise to get to whatever school I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on a LARF, you sometimes, because you get so... What's a LARF? Like, uh, for, like, for, like, a laugh. For no, like on a, a lark. On a lark? Yes. The fuck's a LARF? I, okay, whatever. <laughs> Just fuck it. Because what I was going to say is that Michael Cohen went to the worst law school in America. There. That's it. So Michael Cohen went to the worst law school in America. I just want to point out that that school has one very, very distinguished alumnus. And that is Michael Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) The, The worst law school in America has a guy who works for the president and is partially responsible for... I thought you were going to say partially something else. What? What did you think uh, I was just no. What is with you today? <laughs> I've had too much caffeine. Oh my god. So okay, so he literally has the worst lawyers. Yeah. But also more funny is like, imagine being the dean of that law school and then being like, oh, we produce the worst fucking lawyers. <laughs> we make the worst fucking lawyers. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Michael Cohen's, like I said, barely a lawyer and has walked into a courthouse in Lower Manhattan earlier this week and said i lied to congress about the dealings with the trump administration uh trump company yeah specifically and russia wanting to create a trump tower in moscow right because originally when they testified to congress which is, includes don jr barely sentient candy corn jr <laughs> barely sentient candy corn i thought that was a specific trump insult He's a mini Trump. He's Don Jr. Okay, great. A mini version. All right. Um, I think you should direct some of that coffee energy towards insults to coffee. our mutual enemies. Mid-level black tea. Um, also testified to Congress in the summer of 2017. So, what does this mean? This means that my favorite Steve Bannon quote, they're going to crack Don Jr. on television like an egg, is going to come true soon. I think so, too. Oh, man. And Roger Stone. He's a squealer. I said it before and I'll say it again. Yeah. I can see a squealer when I... I know a squealer when I see one. Yeah. And he's a squealer. I watched a documentary about Mueller. Yeah. Because I'm in love with him at uh-huh. this point. Yeah. Mueller is who I wish I could have been. Robert Swan, Mueller third. Pretty much. He's like... Apparently, he left government work for a while to work in private practice. And universally, everyone's like, he hated private practice. Because people would show up and they'd be like, all right, yeah, what happened? And they would explain it to him. And he's like, well, it sounds like you broke the law and you need to go to prison. <laughs> and then people would be like, what? And he like, he literally hated, he doesn't enjoy the practice of law just as like a manipulation intel- of rules. Like an intellectual exercise. He's just like, no, follow the rules. Justice is a good thing. Don't break laws, asshole. Like, do you remember that moment in Liar, Liar? Where Jim Carrey just picks up the phone and yells into the phone. 
stop being an asshole or something. <laughs> it's like after he's cursed with having to tell the truth. Uh-huh. I think that's the thing about Mueller that like gets me the most. He's like this. Obama extended a Bush appointee, which was Mueller's uh, term, another two years because this dude's so outstanding. And now I'm like, I flipped. I flipped out when um, Nancy Pelosi was having her interview with Cuomo. and The CNN Cuomo, not the New York governor Cuomo. Right? Yeah, yeah, CNN Cuomo. Yeah. They are brothers. They are brothers. Yeah. Have a striking similarity. <laughs> um, and there was a small moment where Cuomo was like, hey, a bunch of your party wants to impeach Trump. What's, what's the deal there? And Nancy Pelosi... I know I was on the the non-Nancy Pelosi train Mm -hmm. very lightly. And I still have problems with her, what looks like is going to be the leadership underneath her because it's a lot of old guard people. And if she was going to be speaker, I really would have liked for her to have more, like have a little bit more progressive representation, a little bit more new representation. Something. Yeah. But it's Nancy, man. It's Nancy. Nancy had this delicate moment where she responds and essentially goes, you know, We've got to wait on what the Mueller team gives us, and we don't want to act too soon. And it's like perfect signaling because pretty much every expert in this space has essentially said, like, Congress can mess up the Mueller investigation by jumping too fast, and they can, and the Mueller investigation can mess up what Congress is doing. And if they are patient and coordinate with one another, they'll do really well. And I think this is one of those moments where it's like, you, you, need, you need Pelosi. And even in the interview, which was interesting, uh, Pelosi kind of goes like, I don't want to be like momentarily kind of just says like, I don't want to be here. Like I, I did. I was a speaker and I'm, I, I will be speaker again, but I need to be speaker because we need a steady hand who will like take Trump down. And I oddly enough, I believe her. You know what else is that when Trump gets removed from office? And then Pence gets removed from office because despite his best attempts to keep himself clean, he is a slimy, dirty motherfucker. Nancy Pelosi becomes president. Yeah. Speaker of the House is third in line. If that ha- if the- if it comes to that. Yeah. We'll get to the irresponsible speculation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, this Michael Cohen thing is very alarming uh, because, one, when he was testifying to Congress last summer, he coordinated with the White House lawyers. So that means everyone in the White House who themselves is underrepresented because no one wants to take the shit cake of a scandal are all sweating bullets right now. Everyone in the White House sweating bullets. And next down the pipe, there are sealed indictments just waiting to be unsealed whenever Mueller is ready for them. And Don Jr. is going to be the next one. Yeah. You can tell that Trump is in trouble because he... On his way to the G20 summit, he's tweeting about how corrupt this investigation is and how it's paying, it's making the, uh, it's, it's uh, wasting taxpayer dollars. Even though it paid for itself already. It, it, yeah. Just in civil forfeiture. It's turned to profit. <laughs> it's turned to profit. Imagine, imagine a scenario where a man is making our government better and more responsible and making money at the same time. Is there really a, you know, like... That's an environmentalist's wet dream, yeah. you know, where we have big business, but we also are making the world a better place. I mean, you know, if you're going to the grocery store and you have to get plastic bags because you forgot the cloth bags, know that Mueller is making up that deficit for you in a really big way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Still do it. You know, make sure you're doing your part. But like, 
Big boy Mueller's got you. In terms of reducing corruption, reusing indictments, (laughs) (laughs) and recycling witnesses like Manafort. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, this, this. So, like, to be clear, like, we're not, we haven't really hit the like mother load yet, right? Like, so the stuff that Trump did and um, Cohen did and the Trump crime syndicate did during the campaign is technically illegal. Like, you're not allowed. Like, they could be charged, right? Under the like, you can't have business practices with blah blah blah. I forget exactly what it's called. Like, foreign agent something. Um, it's technically illegal. So, but we haven't hit like collusion, which is a colloquial term for actual crimes. Right. right? There's no like collusion in the penal code. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's um, treason. There's treason. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I mean, what, what they've and done is conspiracy. Conspiracy to commit all sorts of stuff. Yeah. To launder money, to to, to commit fraud. Blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important to remind everyone else you know who says it's a witch hunt and it's not real and it's echoing some Fox News line. The number of indictments is bonkers. This investigation is one of the fastest investigations. Mind you that Watergate took two years and they arrested the people who did the thing right off the bat. So Mueller's working very diligently. He's It looks like he's crushing it left and right. The president is clearly sweating bullets and yelling about no collusion and tweeting about it and canceling meetings with Putin. Although I think that Putin canceled the meeting. He's like, it's better for us not to meet. Yeah. No, Putin was like, I want to make you look bad. <laughs> yeah. And I'll use another example because I, I think that this is a, a big story, but not like huge, huge. So in Warren, Michigan, General Motors is closing down a plant and essentially has admitted that it's going to like ship its jobs off offshore. Which is exactly what the tax bill. Which is exactly what the tax bill incentivized. Yes. And Trump goes on this huge temper tantrum and essentially says, is indignant about generals doing this. And he's like, I gave you this tax breaks and I did this for you and I deregulated and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's because Trump is like their errand boy. And he's never figured out that they are fair weather friends because I don't think he knows what real bonding and friendship really means. Right. And so he is being played by General Motors. And we're seeing that in real time as he's like pretty much suffering and thrashing about. I think the same thing is happening to him with the investigation. All this stuff. The only power that he really has anymore is to be angry and indignant. And I think he's slowly seeing his what amounts to like a mafia type organization fraying and abandoning well it is but it's like he expects these things because i don't think he thinks of those people but things to be loyal to him right because he values loyalty about everything else yeah um and then gets surprised when he treats them badly and they defect yeah like he threw cohen under the bus initially yeah and now Cohen has given 70 hours of testimony to Mueller. 70 hours. He has been Trump's fixer for decades. He was the head of the RNC. Yeah. He was the head of the RNC. All the bad things are about to happen. Oh, God. I can't. You know, like, uh, Trump was wishing that uh, this investigation be wrapped up by Christmas. Yeah. It's like a monkey paw wish. Oh, my God. 
be in prison. Um, all right, moving on to our, our next segment. Uh, George H.W. Bush has passed away. That, that news happened this morning, right? Uh, late last night. Late last night. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw it just this morning. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of good things to say about the guy. You know, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a moderately good thing to say about him. Let me say my bad thing. Yeah. And then you'll, I guess, even it out. Sure. George H.W. Bush oversaw a genocide of negligence in his term. He had over 133,000 people die from AIDS in his single term alone, which he spent most of his time advocating for conversion therapy, cutting research, and generally ignoring the problem as people died in the hundreds of thousands. Continuing the policies under the Reagan era, uh, which he was vice president during. And I think that's an incredible, incredible cruelty that he did to the world. So he can go fuck himself. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's really shitty. I'm, I, you know, there are a lot of things about him that I won't defend. Um, there are some things that I think are highlight worthy. Among all of the Republican presidents, the modern American era, I would say he probably is stands head and shoulders above most of them. He definitely stands head and shoulders above his uh, above Trump. His derelict son. His derelict son. <laughs> he was a greater statesman than Reagan, I think, in a lot of ways. But I think he was probably also representative of a, of a Republican Party that no longer exists. And I think that's the thing that's like weirdest for me is like there's there's this there's this primary debate with Reagan and Bush Sr. And it really doesn't age well. Because, you know, they, they're two white guys who really don't know how to talk about race particularly well. But Bush essentially goes like, they're people and they're, we have to be compassionate about them. And they're coming here for a reason. We need to work, work with the countries that they're, they're coming from. And we also need to work with them when they come over here. Because they're good people. They're honest people. They're, they're people with families. And, um, and there is a process they have to go through. And we need to work on that process. But, you know, they're, they're our friends. And that was sort of a thing that was like, you know, I look back on some of that stuff and I go like, maybe it was just like circumstance, like you had to say that stuff. But it, it's an older guard of Republican who I don't think is good or morally like untouchable, unscathed, like much better than the Republican Party that we see now. Sure. And a lot more respectable. I mean, it's like the least worst of the bad, you know? Yeah. He didn't have a major scandal during his administration the way Reagan did. You know, for all the dick sucking the Republicans give Reagan, Reagan destroyed unions, which, you know, but maybe Bush Sr. just never had the chance to destroy. He just never had the chance to do it. Uh, Reagan got involved in Iran, the Iran-Contra affair and essentially laundering money, started the drug epidemics. Bush was able to start an Iraq war and close an Iraq war within <laughs> four years. Bush raised taxes because he was a good economic steward and wasn't going to just pass a tax cut so that uh, he could have some short-term gain. He really genuinely believed that there was like a balance and that he had a conservative balance to what should happen. And you know what? The transition from the late 80s to the early 90s was like filled with like a lot of non-issues, you know, like other than those hallmarks, Bush Sr. wasn't really like 
he gets blown past a whole lot. The way Jimmy Carter gets like blown past. Yeah, well, it's a single term president. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I think in the future, Bill Clinton will get blown past too. Maybe. That's a nice joke. Hey, I didn't even see that coming. I don't know. I, I'm i still so salty about the, especially living in New York, a generation of gay men disappeared. Oh, yeah. And I've, some of my clients are the people who were like the original members of ACT UP. And the stuff that they had to deal with was absolutely horrifying. And he's respond. The president is responsible for that in the same way that Mike Pence is responsible for uh, the AIDS epidemic in Indiana. Yeah. And I think that should be a blight on his presidency. Yeah. So, I I, <laughs> I feel very strongly about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I am not going to say that he was uh, the God's gift to the presidency. He was the most okay of the horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I and I, you know, I think that um, you know we're not we're neither one of us are conservatives, but R- really, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but if you if you are conservative, you know, like I would prefer that you took your notes and marks from Bush Senior than if you took it from Trump or Bush Junior. Yeah, this is true. Um, all right, our final segment: irresponsible speculation. Here's what I think is going to happen. Oh my god! Okay, cool. I think Trump is going to defect. <laughs> Defect to Russia? Yeah, or somewhere. I think he's going to get out of Air Force One and be like, I'm not getting back out. I, I'm not getting back out. And there's like, <laughs> like, do the Secret Service have the right to like wrestle the president back onto Air Force One? Is this some, the end of some Chuck Palahniuk movie? No, I'm 100%. I think he's going to try. To like just... He's like, can we just go to Venezuela? <laughs> I want someone with beaches and women. With butts. And Melania's just like, no, Donald. No, Donald. I married you to escape Maybe Slovenia. Slovenia. <laughs> Can we go to Slovenia? <laughs> I want a couple more wives. No. I stay here with Baron. Um, That's what I think is going to happen. I, That's totally what I would do. You know, I was going to say... <laughs> I mean, that's insane. That's insane. But you know what? That's the season finale. That's the season finale is Trump just decides to like get on a plane and defect <laughs> to another country. Because like Paul Manafort can't because he's in prison. Like who is someone that can leave the country without using their passport? Who indeed? <laughs> uh, that was my phone. We're being listened to. <laughs> no, um... That is some irresponsible ass speculation. speculation. That's why I was sitting on it. Yeah. He's uh, the only one that can leave the country without using a passport. Other than that, and Saudi officials the day of 9-11. Right. I just don't know what the thing would be. He's like, hey, uh, hey, Secret Service, everybody, uh, can we get on Air Force One and, I don't know, go to Venezuela for a little bit? <laughs> like, how many hundred people have to be like, I'm not going to ask any questions about this. Let's He's just- a commander in chief. To do what he says. Sure. You know what? You know what? I'm not even going to push back on this scenario. I If it does happen, I will laugh. My I will lose will it. Will you buy me a beer? I'll buy you a beer. I'll buy you a beer. But it'll be an expired beer from the place down the street. <laughs> we told you not to go there. I know. There's this beer and soda warehouse. And we were like, don't go there. Everything's expired. And he gets where Matt goes. <laughs> he brought home. He's like, this beer tastes weird. <laughs> it's expired. Uh, are you ready for some of my own yeah, responsible yeah. speculation? The presidential jockeying has begun. Uh-huh. 
I know that this is a fact, but already a bunch of Democratic donors are not ready to like give out money because Beto O'Rourke straight up has not told them whether or not he's, he has essentially been like, I'm rethinking about running in 2020, maybe as a Senate candidate, maybe as a presidential candidate. I just see him do run for John Cornyn seat. Yeah. And the Iowa Democratic Caucus has come after him and a bunch of Democratic operatives in Texas are like, you got to stay, man. You're creating like this huge network effect here and it's strengthening the state and doing all this other stuff. There's a long debate to be had about that. But you can already tell a bunch of Democrats are getting a little antsy in the pantsy. Yeah. Kristen Gillibrand is in trouble. She's not going to. She can't. She doesn't have the X factor. She doesn't have the X factor, A. And I think that there are a bunch of other candidates who are going to be like wave makers. And people are waiting for like a bunch of wave makers. I think Biden might actually run. Oh, Biden, stop. But he'd be a wave maker. People would lose their shit if Joe Biden threw his hat in the ring. He's like 87. I know he's 87. No, he's, what are these he's, he's people, like 80 or something. He's what are like, these people drinking that keeps them alive so long? Like, what is Nancy Pelosi on other than several facelifts? Um, the the feeling of satisfaction because you're doing a good thing. Is that what power looks like? Just keeps you young. I don't know. Um, she's gorgy McBorgy though. She's a babe. She's a babe. That's a wild cougar there. <laughs> <laughs> With my caucus. Wow, how long have you been sitting on this? Just appeared in my mind. Wow, that's you know what? That was inspired. Yeah. <laughs> that was inspired. That was, just appeared in my mind. That's like good a stuff. Virgin birth. Um I I think that the the Democratic field is gonna be crowded. Yeah. I think that the Republicans are gonna have Corker, Flake have someone who very meekly tries to challenge and get smothered mm-hmm. uh what else what else in terms of irresponsible speculation oh here's some irresponsible speculation so it's lame duck session right uh-huh. and the republican plan during this time was to deliver as many federal lifetime appointments to as many judges as possible using that 51 51 vote power mm-hmm. and they've been holding this off until now so they're not wasting any floor time getting these people approved Well, Jeff Flake has been like, I will not vote to nominate. I will vote against every nomination until we pass legislation that protects the Mueller investigation. And literally, he stopped this. I forget his name. Thomas Farr, I think, Mm -hmm. who was essentially like this guy who upheld the use of this voter suppression tactic that prevented people, prevented black people. And I quote with surgical precision kept them from voting flake blocks this dude and has blocked like 20 some odd other people and like the rest of the republican party's like dude stop doing this and he's like nah <laughs> i'm good now the irresponsible speculation part of me says that all that stuff gets delayed and the republican parties are like we're just we have to eat the l on this and we're just going to wait until the new senate shows up Right. But I wonder if whoever the Republican ends up being spends his primary not trying to win, but just trying to prod about the Mueller investigation. Because some people suggest that Mueller will never indict Trump 
because Trump as president, because he knows that if the case was to go to the Supreme Court, it, after Kavanaugh's confirmation, it'll be 5-4 and they'll essentially say that a sitting president cannot be indicted. I mean, that's just the department protocol anyway. Ish. Yeah. There's like a memo. It's debatable. Yeah. Incidentally, done, done, done about another Republican whose name was Nixon, mm-hmm. who also doesn't believe in democracy. Mm-hmm. But there is still some ambiguity about it. Um, I've talked to a few friends who are like, yeah, th- that's what that's what is so devastating about Brett Kavanaugh and his fucking shit-eating grin, stupid dumbass in the new Supreme Court photo. I don't want to even think about him. I, I, I saw the photo. I com- I've completely forgotten about that chapter of this year. And don't, I don't forget. I, no. I, I need to forget. There are a lot of things I tell people you cannot No, 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 you no. no. You keep it in your mind. I'm not dealing with it. Kavanaugh. Nope. Out of my memory. All right. Too well, much. Too much. You know what, Karina? We'll, we won't talk about Kavanaugh. So Trump is going to defect to Venezuela. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but I think that uh, we might have like a Republican candidate who essentially runs against him. As an anti-corruption candidate. I hope that we, that shit's wrapped up before then. I don't know. I hope he doesn't make, like, honestly, I remember lying on the ground at a knock, like, during the inauguration because I had tried to go to uh, work out, but then I'd miss my class time, so I just lay down in a field and listen to the inauguration. Yeah. That's like, at least he won't make it through his first year. That's the thing. And the other thing that's very scary, and there's this great Vox video about it, the media landscape that brought down Nixon doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because now we literally have a conservative propaganda channel. And you might say... Which is something that Nixon wanted to start. Yeah. Literally parts of the Nixon campaign created Fox News, who Trump also advocated for having a state-run news program. Yeah. Which governments who have those are usually not good governments. Yeah. Unless it's the BBC. Oh, yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, I also think they're going to crack... Don Jr. pretty soon, and I think Roger Stone will come after Don Jr. You guys can't see this, but Karina is smiling and very happy. Yes. If I had a tail, it would be wagging and beating against the couch. <laughs> All right. I'm Karina Celine. And I'm Matt Abedi. And this is We're, We're Just, just here, here to Help. help.